Peace, family. It is your boy, Mario Quinn, and we are here with yet another Level Up podcast. And I must say that I am extremely excited about our guests today. Um, uh, We have uh, Lizzie Manning and Micah Shelton. Uh, They are uh, from the psychology department uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. So thank you so much for uh, being on the show today and uh, agreeing to uh, chat about the work that you do. Uh, very, very excited about that. So, uh, you know, I, I guess first, the first thing we want to do is just uh, kind of let the people know who you are, um, what exactly you do at Pitt, and then we'll just kind of roll with that. But you could start, Lizzie. Great. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Uh, I am a postdoctoral researcher at Pitt, uh, which just means that I'm doing research all day, and we're really neuroscientists who are focused on trying to better understand the what's happening in the brain of mental illnesses as part of our research. And the lab I'm in at the moment is called the Translational Obsessive Compulsive Disorder Lab, so we're really interested in OCD. And I'm originally from Australia, so I moved here four years ago uh, to do this research at Pitt because it's a really great place to do research. I guess it's me. <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? Micah Shelton. Uh, so I'm also in the Department of Psychiatry, along with Lizzie. I'm also a researcher. I am currently a research coordinator, um, and my lab doesn't look at obsessive compulsive disorder. We look mainly at addiction. Okay. So uh, we do mainly opiate addiction at this point. We're looking at reward areas and how changes to reward areas, uh, specifically in terms of the sleep-wake cycle, changes, drug reward, drug-seeking behavior, Mm -hmm. drug relapse behavior. Okay. Yeah. Dope. So um, this is amazing work. So um, how did you, like, what, what motivated you to get into this work? Did you mm. always, mm. like, have this, like, I'm, I'm going to be in uh, psychology or I'm going to focus on mental yeah. health? Like, was that something that you, you guys, like, already had planned out? Or, like, you know, what was the process of getting it's into never this a field? linear road. It's <laughs> never just, like, straight <laughs> right, ahead. Right, it's right. never just, like, oh, I know this. Right. right. I don't know about you. Uh, so, I mean, like... I was always interested in sciences in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like wanted to be a doctor, which is you mm-hmm. know what mm-hmm. most yeah. kids who totally. are in sciences want to do. But when I got to university, I became really interested in the brain, and part of my motivation was um, I have an older sister who suffers from autism and okay. also some psychosis. So always she's older than me so like for as long as I can remember I had this person in my life who just had these you know completely different struggles to me in terms of social functioning like learning and everything in her life Mm -hmm. so that didn't necessarily make me want to study autism or Mm. study mental health but I just wanted to better understand the brain I was like Mm. the brain is this like thing that creates everything about us and you know 
I had this extreme example of how it can go awry, but that really motivated me to become interested in neuroscience. And then through that, I think I sort of stumbled onto this path of mental health, I guess, in part because of my experiences with her and other people in my life who had mental illness. Mm. Yeah, totally. You know, for me, it really, like, this whole path was kind of meandering. Like, I started off, like, as, like, a biology major Mm -hmm. in college, looking to become a doctor because that's what my parents wanted me to do. And it was around, like, senior year, I really kind of came to grips with the fact that I wasn't interested in being a doctor. Mm. And I was like, this isn't a thing that you should just do because your parents want, like, you know what I mean? It's like, this will be my life. I probably should think about this. So I was really interested in the brain. I was really interested in like how the mind worked and I'd had like a couple psychology courses. So I decided to go to graduate school for it. But in between that, I also had a little break year where I was like, I'm gonna study bacteria. Mm. I was <laughs> like, I'm okay. a, no, bacteria. That's <laughs> I had in my mind that that was the way to change the world. Cause that's okay. really what I wanted to do. Right. Like I was a very, not naive is one word for it, but a very <laughs> believing, <laughs> a very believing person where I was like, oh, right. with your passion, you can change the world. Right. So I went into bacteria and hated bacteria and was like, no, I'm going back to the brain. Right, right. And I, I came here to the University of Pittsburgh um, and it was a part of the doctoral program in neuroscience. Okay. And also then, then in that f- the path continues to meander. Mm-hmm. Like I got to three years into it and I was like, I don't think I want to do the academic like write grants, do research forever. I'm more interested in how the mind works on a people level. Mm -hmm. So I got my master's, got out of the program, and decided to take a few years working in this department, in the Department of Psychiatry, kind of trying to figure out what that will look like. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of settled on the idea of going back to school, maybe next year, hopefully next year, um, for psychology, hopefully to do more work that's like really interacting with people who have these disorders. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, totally. So, so um, you know, as we all know, uh mental health is definitely a very big issue in our country. I mean, I would say worldwide. Yeah. Uh but not a lot of people, you know, a lot of folks aren't like we're not talking about it enough um because there's not enough um awareness around the subject. Um can you kind of talk with us about some of the stats and things like that. I came prepared. So, so let the let the audience ah. know, like you know, what really is going on, um, and yeah, we could just bounce from there. Yeah. Um, so I might as well get started with some of my statistics. Uh, we started this conversation about like how big is this problem, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that when you tell people the statistics. I'm a like science person, so like that's what convinces me, right. like the data. Uh, so some of the really crazy things are like one in five adults in America experiences a mental illness. So you know that's like when you're in a room at a restaurant or something, that's a huge amount of people mm-hmm. sitting around you are probably experiencing mental illness. And one in 25 people, so 10 million American adults, have a serious mental illness, which means that they're probably not able to work properly Mm -hmm. not able to look after themselves and i think people don't really like think it's that many people who Mm -hmm. are suffering to this extent Mm -hmm. and don't realize how big the issue is and you know that you know the the consequences of that serious mental illness are huge in terms of the economy and things so like that's one estimated at 193 billion dollars that it costs the economy every year so you think like the government would, would want to do more to 
you know, buffer this mm-hmm. or to support those people, but it, I don't know, it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be the case. And, you know, this has, like, drastic outcomes. Yeah. Um, suicide is the 10th leading cause of Ill, uh, dis- death, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S. Right. today. So, like, a large amount of people are just getting to the point where they feel like they have no hope. Yeah, totally. Um, want to end their lives. So Yeah, you yeah, know, a few more. well, I think that it's crazy, too, because, like, for how big the problem is, it kind of gets swept under the rug. Like, right, like right. that one in five statistic is huge. Yeah. But, yeah. but I didn't hear that statistic for the first time until this right. year. So e- this is my, my first time right? hearing it like now. Yeah, but so if it's a huge yeah. problem, you would think that it's something that people would be so aware of. Mm-hmm. That there would be campaigns, mm-hmm. that we would be talking right. about this all the time. Like, you know, for other huge problems, heart disease, obesity, cancer, mm-hmm. we put it in the forefront. We make it important. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But Absolutely. this is one of those things where people are kind of scared to talk about it. It's right. one of those things yeah. where it kind of feels like, you know, it's, it's almost wrong. It's impolite to talk about it. Right. You know? Right. And I think people are often sh- scared to share their own experiences yeah. with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's this idea that there's something wrong with your character mm-hmm. or, yeah. like, you know, these misconceptions mm-hmm. about it which make people feel really, like, afraid to share it, yeah. whether with their friends mm-hmm. or their colleagues. And this stigma really, <coughs> I think, has a big negative impact on people, like, seeking help mm-hmm. really early mm-hmm. in their illness and getting the best treatment possible i mean if you're like scared to tell people that you have voices in your head or Mm -hmm. something like that then like it's it could potentially escalate to a really serious scenario before anybody Mm -hmm. you know you access any treatment for that Mm -hmm. so it's a huge like barrier to you know getting people the help they need help they need i think right yeah that that's very crazy that actually um you know i just recently had a uh, a horrific experience a good friend of ours he actually helped us uh, put this studio together um, had no idea that he was suffering from mental illness and he actually um, committed suicide wow. so like you know I'm pretty sure self told you about that and um, you know so it's it's definitely a, a real issue and and so again I'm very um, excited to have uh, you here. Um, I did want to ask though, what do you, what are your thoughts on? Because um, a, a lot of what I've read, uh, it says that like musicians and artists and things of that nature have been trying to, t- you know, bring up these conversations through, you know, creative oh expression. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Like, what are, what are your your feelings on that? Do you think it's enough, or do you think that it, it's it's been working, or like, you know? Is it reaching, you know, younger people? I mean, I, I totally think so. Like, you know, I can think to Logic's most recent song, right. um, even Mac Miller, you know, Rest in Peace, mm-hmm. before he passed, like, his most recent, like, album really focused on self-care. And I think that mm-hmm. idea of, like, taking care of self and self-love, Kendrick Lamar's mm-hmm. been putting that out, pushing that idea that loving yourself is an important thing to do. Um, I think that it's important. I think it's beautiful. And I think it is reaching a wider audience than like perhaps we would, you know, right, as, as right. researchers or even people in the mental health field. I don't know if they're reaching the same audience. But I think that this is like that's an important first step. And right. then there are other steps that that need to also happen, making sure that the services are available for people who do mm-hmm. seek help. You know right, what I mean? Right. But I think it's a good thing. I definitely think that it's a beautiful thing that people are finally coming to be aware of, like, right. how Yeah, having more open conversations right. mm-hmm. and not feeling afraid to just be themselves right. and have, like, access the support from their friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, one of the biggest messages we want to help, like, try to 
put out there is that people, you know, should ask their friends, are they doing okay? Mm -hmm. Their friends, you know, will hopefully respond to that really nicely. But if there's this, like, atmosphere around mental health where that sort of old atmosphere where we just don't speak about it, Mm -hmm. it really, like, stops a lot of those conversations. Absolutely, I agree. Well, um, I kind of want to talk about, because I'm really, really excited about this event that uh, we're going to be doing here at Level Up uh, for the next first Friday. But um, before we let people know what it Mm. is, when it is, Mm -hmm. what time it is, and all that, um, can you kind of talk about your thought process into creating something like this? (laughs) this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there, there's definitely a story there's definitely lore behind this there's a myth you know there's a creation myth in the mind you don't have to go right into right. it i mean <laughs> <laughs> let, let the people know it's right. organic yeah, it's real right, right. um yeah. so i actually you know i'm gonna start at the beginning okay. at the beginning okay. uh so it actually all started from a conversation that me and lizzie had after my birthday celebration so you know okay. we we being researchers you know we a little loose a little drunk we talk about mental health and like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, oh, are we really reaching it? Are we like, you know, mm-hmm. with our research, really like hitting the button? Are we changing are we the, changing world? the world? Right. Exactly. The way Micah right. was talking right. about. Is, yeah. is our passion for research being directed in a way that is actually helping people with mental illness? Right. And so like, perhaps what we do in the lab is gonna reach people a generation from now. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, well, what can we do now? I mean, we're smart, motivated people, you know, right. at least I think so, right? <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, what can we do? And Lizzie hit me up the next day and was like, well, I have this idea for this yeah, show. Like, yeah, I was like, I can't let Micah struggle in this. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't like, what can we do, optimistic. He was like, what else can I do with it? Right. Like, well, like, jaded, kind of jaded like, for sure. Jaded. Yeah, jaded's a good word for it. So, I don't know, I went home and I, like, just couldn't, like, get it off my mind that, like... And I, I feel the same way. I've always really been passionate about these, like, like awareness in the community and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. I was like, what can we do that is our, like, Pittsburgh version of, you know, improving mental health somehow in our community, in our local community? Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't remember how quickly we got to the actual type of event, but I think... We were thinking about like the art show and the science art came first, I think. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. um, When I was in graduate school in Australia, there was a really cool event where all the scientists would pick their like prettiest picture from under the microscope and they'd put on this kind of like little art show for all the other scientists. So it was just like a scientist only kind of thing. It wasn't like a big open event. And Mm -hmm. from there, we sort of got the idea of, hey, like we have lots of friends that can make cool images. Maybe we can use this but with more of a like um as a way to tell the community about the work that we do and how we're trying to like improve understanding of the brain through our right. research and how we right. can like use that as kind to educate the community kind of mm-hmm. about you know mental health isn't some character floor it's about biological processes and chemical processes right. in your yeah. brain that can be treated that you know, are like any other disease. It's like mm-hmm. heart disease or something. We just don't have quite as good an understanding of what's causing it, but it's just part of your brain that's not working quite so well. So, you know, right. we wanted to get that kind of message out into the community, I think. Yeah, because I, I, I totally think that, like, while there is a stigma that surrounds just talking about mental health, mm-hmm. there's also kind of, not a stigma, but there is um, an obscurity around what we do as researchers. Like, okay. 
you know, we don't really get play in the media, like, you know, what we do, the day-to-day -day of it. Like, you know, you'll see researchers in TV shows, and, like, they do nothing of what we do in the day-to-day. -day yeah. And, like, uh, so we're kind of, like, breaking down the veil between the public and what we do. And I think that's an important first step for people to understand that this isn't about people being weak or not being able to handle the stress of life. This is about, like, biology. This is about, like... Cells in your brain that just aren't working exactly the way right. that they were meant to and like imbalanced and you can do things through different types of treatments whether mm -hmm. it's drugs or therapy that improve that balance and I think there's a big message of hope when people better understand that there totally. is some like totally. biology and science behind it and we might you know it's it's hard because we don't understand the brain as well as we need to to really mm. properly fix mental illnesses right now but we do we we do the best we can and like when you right. when you think more about you know biology treatment improvement like it's more there's a line through that and right. i don't know if that made any sense but so, so no that definitely did so you were talking about uh michael you were talking about the day-to-day -day. Yeah. oh totally now i'm interested so tell me and tell the people what what does a a, oh, a day, day, day in the lab look like for uh, you. Okay, so first <laughs> off, I, I have to say this. I have to. For everybody in the lab, everybody in the research, we're not wearing light, white lab coats. We're just not. No, no, we're no not. We're not. We wear them in for inspection. <laughs> we do. But like, oh, okay. well, I'm just saying, we wear them for inspection, but we don't wear white lab coats. I wore oh, this to work. No, if there's any photos. So right. right, if there's photo shoots. So that's the first thing. It's not as, uh, I, I, you know, I even had this idea before I got into research that it was going to be all like people were, like talking very quietly about mm. proteins <laughs> and about how proteins interact with each other, wearing like lab coats, you know, right. hands folded behind the back right. at all right. times. And lab glasses, oh, like oh lab goggles, yeah. Right, personalized, like your initials right. on them. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> um, I can even run you through what my day was like today. Okay. So a lot of what we do is because we're using like a mouse model, um, a lot of what we're doing is like running behavior. So, mm -hmm. for example, one of the things that we do in the lab is we measure um, we measure like a, a drug taking seeking behavior uh, through oral self administration. So we just give mm -hmm. the mouse the ability to take an oral solution of a drug and see um, differences between two genotypes of mice. Like they're mm -hmm. they're different only in their genetic makeup in certain areas that we're like trying mm -hmm. to understand. Right. And we see how that change in their genetic makeup affects their ability or their desire to take, well in this case, fentanyl, right? So we're like the, like we call them transgenic mice, like wanting more of the drug or like right. doing more right. to get right. the drug. And that might better help right. us better understand like what is controlling those parts of the brain that regulate right. when you, like people want the drug. Exactly. Exactly. Cause, um, so a mouse isn't a human, you know what I mean? Right, but we're all I mean, mammals. I know some humans <laughs> that look like right. mice. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're trying to understand that too. It's right. crazy. Uh, but yeah, but they still are mammals and they still have, at least in some ways, similar genetic makeup to and us. And similar right. brains to right. us. And similar brains, mm -hmm. similar brains. Very like similar architecture. Very, very mm -hmm. small brains, but like similar architecture right. to us. Right. So like a lot of it is running behavior, um, but because I'm a research coordinator, I'm basically just like a lab manager. Mm -hmm. I take care of the mice too. So a lot of it is maintaining the colony, weaning animals, separating them, putting breeders together. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then a lot of it's just like conversations too. You know, a lot of science I think is built out of conversations about things that we are reading and trying to understand. Like you have a, a weird thing happen in behavior. So you talk to different people in different labs mm -hmm. and try to understand like why that is, why that could be. You know? Yeah, talk about your like latest data or latest ob observations and try to see like every perspective on it because no perspective when you see something for the first time is gonna know exactly kind of what might be causing that and yeah. there's, a lot, there's right. a lot of creativity there's in there's research. Right. <laughs> there's a lot of creativity. You're kind of bringing together lots of different ideas and thinking how could this work in this little mm -hmm. system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's people. It's people trying to figure out pretty tough questions, you know, right. using the tools now, that we have. Now how is your research used? Like how do you take it from like theory to uh, practicality? Like, like do you guys just publish yeah, papers? Yeah, I mean that's, that's the basic way to do it. Are you making, recommend, re making recommendations to, you know, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists or stuff like that? I mean, or how, how does that, that work? There is that direct connection. Some of the people, like our PIs, our bosses, mm -hmm. right? Some of them will consult for pharmaceutical companies to try to do drug delivery and drug um, production directly, but that's not mm -hmm. the main way that we do it. A lot of it's publishing. Yeah, and yeah. kind of okay. trying to learn more about the brain, which might help us develop or think of like new treatments, whether they're new drug okay. targets or maybe a new type of therapy that might be better mm -hmm. than the existing ones because for most people, I mean, like addiction doesn't really have very good treatments at all. Mm. And like yeah, even totally. something like depression where we've got lots of antidepressant drugs, they mm. tend to not work in a really large population of the peop like people out there. So yeah. um, just learning more about the brain to like work out how to fix it. Right. Totally. Yeah. So I, I wanna I wanna steer the conversation. I wanna get it back to this event that we're putting Mindscapes. on, um, but bef and it's called Mindscapes, people. Uh, and I'm not sure who's on right now on the live feed, but thank you for joining us. What up? I uh, appreciate you. How you doing? But anywho, so I, I want to talk about um, your th your thoughts on um, art as a form of therapy, and w or, or do or like you know art maybe movement. Um, I would even say movement art such as like yoga, meditation, things of that nature. What is your have you done any research on that area or like what is your take on like art as a form of, you know, dealing with some of these uh, illnesses? Well, we can't do that in the mice. I can tell you that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. Mice can't. But paint really, I mean, I there's money in mouse yoga. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> there's money out there. Um, but I w what I will say is that through this event and last year was the first year that we held this event where we've mm. met and worked with a bunch of amazing art therapists around Pittsburgh. Mm, and I can yeah. say they are some of the most i think passionate people i've met oh. in mental health <laughs> services because they're like they're I, I feel like they're working with their clients on a very personal level that's like mm -hmm. you know accessing their deepest emotions sometimes emotions that i think their clients are not even fully conscious of and so i don't know much in terms of research and science about like the proof behind uh, art mm. therapy, but yeah. I can certainly say a lot of the people we've met who have um, submitted art to the show last year and this year, and like the art therapists that we've worked with to facilitate that, it seems like it is, you know, a really um, effective and also like fulfilling uh, type of mm. therapy. And right, yeah, yeah um, totally. But yeah. definitely don't have any real expertise in it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, like, 
again, we don't have like the stats with us. Right. You know, next right, time we right. do this, we're gonna have the stats right. on no, this. I, with I, us. It's just, I was looking for more so just like your yeah. opinion. Oh yeah, like, totally, do you think totally, totally. It's something that works, you know, because like for me, it's like this. B- being an artist, being a teaching artist, is my field. I work with underserved yeah, youth and, yeah, and, and yeah. people who come from uh, communities and and, and 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 backgrounds that uh, you know may not be the best, et cetera. And, and you know, some of these you see a lot of bit different behaviors with students. Yeah. Um. And so I've noticed like the impact and and that you know that art has, or like you know, just me working with them on dancing or painting or, you know, creative writing and getting them to at least release and express themselves, I've noticed a great impact in that. So I just wanted oh, to totally. personally just oh, know. totally. You know, yeah, know I mean, your, anecdotally, you know, it seems opinion. that, like, whatever you can do in terms of self-care is good mm-hmm. for everybody's mental health. You know, right. I think that's an important point, right? We were okay. talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. that we, we talk about mental illness a lot because it's mm-hmm. important. But really, the conversation should be about mental health. You know, mm. when we're talking about health in general, like the whole body health, we recognize that like everybody can be healthy. Yeah, and you can from to be from elementary school, you're teaching all the kids that you've got to think about physical health and nutrition, mm-hmm. and yep. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. don't smoke and look after your body mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. But like, when are we told that everybody has to be mindful and aware mm-hmm. of their mental health? Like, no one's telling us mm-hmm. that, but right. yeah. I think we were talking about it like it feels like that's an important message to help overcome the stigma if everybody is understanding that their mental health is important and the mental health Mm. of the people around them is important that value i think really helps us to you know have more respect for the person who's Mm. struggling more with their mental health you know Mm -hmm. we're not like disrespecting people because they have like obesity or cancer Mm -hmm. or Mm. cardiovascular disease or something like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. diseases aren't a reason to like look down on somebody and i think when we acknowledge the value of that health to us as an individual that can kind of help to um to yeah acknowledge the value of that health in other people as well and i think once we do that once we recognize how valuable health is specifically Mm -hmm. mental health here then like you recognize that anything you do to make yourself healthier is a good thing to do. You know what I mean? Right. So art, I think, has a healing effect on people across mm-hmm. the board, regardless right. of where they are in terms of their mental health. So right. they should do it. You know, I think everybody should be engaging in these things that help to, like, make a, per- make a person more whole. Yeah, you know and right. sometimes help right. you process your emotions, like you were right. saying, right. and mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. you an avenue and even, like, give you a purpose sometimes or right. give you fulfillment when you complete a project and right. yeah yeah so, well thank you for sharing <laughs> those opinions so that's uh, off the record my boss didn't, my boss didn't support that i said that <laughs> that's funny so um so tell us about all right so the event is called mindscapes mm. it is a art exhibit that's going to be here at level up studios uh october's first friday october what? 5th Duh. October yep. 5th, okay, it starts at 6 p.m., goes till 9 p.m., and then afterwards, of course, we all <laughs> do a fun little dance party. So tell us uh, about about the show. Um, I know you talked a little bit about what motivated mm, you to yeah. do it, but what can people expect? Like, what are you expecting? Oh, like, yeah. what are you excited about? Oh. Like, let's just go into yeah. it. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah. 
that's that's a great question. Okay, you know I'm gonna actually answer the the second question as to what I'm excited about, what I'm expecting. Um, so I'm expecting people to come to come just with an open mind and to be, I think, pleasantly surprised. Uh, surprised by both, like, just how aesthetic science can be. I don't think people get a chance really to see what we produce in the lab. So I think mm-hmm. that people are going to be very surprised by that. Um, I also think that, like, people are going to be able to, like, make this connection that they don't normally do all the time between, like, the people who go through these experiences mm-hmm. and the people who are trying to understand them. I, I think what's going what's gonna to happen is people are going to be able to see that there's a huge community, that there's a huge network of people that right. are all focused on this topic that doesn't get talked about. And I think that's going to be different from a lot of other exhibits up and down on First Fridays. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is something where it's like, it's more than just an art exhibit. You know, it's right. a community coming together. Right, you know? right. Absolutely. Yeah, and we have some really special pieces this year that, mm. like, from people who've experienced mental illnesses. So we already spoke about, like, the scientific pieces, but one of the unique features of the event is that we show pieces from brain research um, alongside pieces from people who've experienced mental illness to try to give these two sides of the coin of mental illness the Mm -hmm. biological basis and also the lived experience so that Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. both those sides if you step through the doors we're hoping that you leave with a better understanding of what mental health and mental illness really Mm. is and so these pieces from people with lived experience of mental illness, they vary a lot. Some of these people have had a lot of, um, done a lot of work with art therapists and maybe have some training. Some are just people, you know, whether it's formal art therapy or just something that is therapeutic to them will create pieces, but they're really unique because they do give you sort of like a snapshot of a very different experience that, you know, I can say I'm very fortunate I haven't mm. been through yes. any sort of serious mental health experiences like that and mm-hmm. we're hoping that that helps create you know some new empathy amongst people and just mm-hmm. maybe helps people realize it's not like a they're not like an unspoken group it's not something we're not talking about anymore it's we're yeah. bringing it to the front of the exhibit this is right. an important topic and this is an important group of people and they deserve right, to be, absolutely. you know, showing us a glimpse into their world and yeah. Yeah. Giving them a voice. Like, you know, this is supposed to be a forum for self definition. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to like accomplish, yeah. you know. Self definition words spiffing out here. So um so what other things um outside of that, is there are are there gonna be any interactive mm. Things going Spoilers. on where like people Spoiler. can. Sorry, sorry. We're not gonna give too much away, but uh, you know, are there are there gonna be any? It, it, can the, the people viewing the art actually interact and you know with one another? We can neither confirm nor deny the details of said <laughs> art exhibits. <laughs> <laughs> how about how <laughs> how about we say that we're hoping that we'll create an experience where it will get people to think about their own mental health and the people mm. around them, whether they have a diagnosable mental illness or whether they mm. just need to think of, you know, their own self-care. Just mm. to really, like, 
um, highlight that point that mental health is important for everybody and we all need to be thinking about our mental health and the mental health of the right. people around us. So there'll be yeah. something special to try to, you know. We got some for the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got some special for the people. Uh, cause I'm, I'm really excited to <laughs> see. I, I, I can't wait to see the art, but I'm really excited to see how, like, everything un- oh, unfolds. Oh, we are too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are too. <laughs> really excited. So, um, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, this is, this is uh, where the questions mm. kind of get weird. Oh, let's uh, get weird. So, <laughs> so I always ask this question uh, to all my guests who come in, and they give me the funniest look every time I ask oh, it. Oh, man. Like, That's a good question. My hands are sweating. Um, so personal. it's a personal question, but, you know, I ask everyone. So what is, Lizzie and Micah, what is your number one? <laughs> I see you over there. Your number one no-no. My number one no-no. Wow. That just like, nah, not at all. Not doing huh. that. Nope. Wow. Nope. Oh, I don't have boring. you have to, and then you have to explain why. If it's boring, you gotta explain. All right, well, why. I, need to, I need to know. Let the her beats. go. I'm gonna try to figure out when that's like. <laughs> well, I was just allow for podcast. Say meat because I'm vegetarian, and that's oh, so easy. Too easy. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> Come on. No. Wow. Okay. Okay, that's a good one. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I so. could. No, no. Okay. If you have enough, if you can think of another, I have a funny nope, and it's come up recently. My nope is uh, living in America forever. Wow! Wow! She just threw shots at us. Goodness! She dropped a bomb. She just, she just threw shots. What did we do? Was it something we said? I ducked him. I ducked him. But no, like it's funny. It's just a funny thing because you know I came to the U.S. to do research, but I always, Mm -hmm. I always knew partly because I already shared about you know my sister's circumstances, but. I right. couldn't move here permanently, but it's a really funny thing to talk about because I don't know. I think most people like at first are a little like, you're a little too confident in that answer, and it's right. like, well, Australia's mm. awesome, and mm. America's a little crazy yeah. right now. And yeah. <laughs> I would love to get right, but no, I do love it here. How many bags can you check? I can fit. I'm flexible. I can fit into a bag. They do scan. They do scan <laughs> these. <laughs> <but> in there. <laughs> I'll be scanning like, hey, right. So, Micah, what about oh, you? What, what, what is your, I'm such an open number. person. I'm such okay. an open yeah. and loving person. I'm trying to think of things which is like absolutely not. Yeah, it's got to be one. Uh, yeah, just like one thing which is like absolutely not. Because, you know, most things like for me, it's like, you know. Try one. Like, right, I'll do it. <laughs> you know. Why not? Turn the cameras off. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, at this point in my life, it has to be staying up to four in the morning. Just because I used to oh. be the four in the morning, Dude. nothing good happens after four in the morning. No, nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. good. That doesn't mean you don't. Doesn't happen. <laughs> I psh, watch me. At this point in my life, I, I'm like, I'll go. I'm going to bed. Sorry, guys. Right. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm a night person too, man. And uh, I just got this. I uh, just got a job at Planned Parenthood. Oh, wow. Uh, to be their, uh, their thank you, their uh, peer education specialist, and like got to be there at 7:30 and I'm just like uh, oh, gosh. So <laughs> last night trying to go to bed I'm just like uh, I can't do yeah. this. I was like eating pasta thinking that that would help. I did I that too. Yeah. I literally See, did the I same just, thing. I was like I'm going to just stuff my yeah. face and maybe that'll Yeah. You know, yeah. didn't work. No. I was I was still up late, but you know, Wait. Uh I got a question for you though. Sure. What is yeah. your biggest no no? What's the thing? Um, this you know, is a form uh, for self. It's very easy. I'm I'm a very queasy person. Okay. Naturally, uh, I I can't do roadkill. I can't do blood. As an in inter- like I can't eating do, them? 
No, just seeing uh, anything gross. Mm. And I, and I uh, when I was a kid, like uh, my mom, we would always get a, get a taxi uh, to go to church and stuff like that, and it would be like all types of gross <laughs> stuff on the on the floor of the car, and I would never put mm. my feet on it. I just, yeah, mm, no, so, yeah. I'm just like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my <laughs> gross, gross stuff. Peace out, Yangzer. Alrighty, awesome. Well, dope. Thank you for sharing. Oh, man, I feel like I could come up with another one. You know. <laughs> I might write one in later. We have plenty. We just don't think. See up on it. No. That's hilarious. All right. So, an old man. Uh, a lot of our listeners um, are students of hmm. ours. They are, they are young people, um, you know, some young people of color, et cetera. Um, and, you know, we like to always ask for like a piece of advice. Mm. So if, if a young person who may, might be listening to this podcast mm. or who might be watching it live right now, or not even a young person, just anyone in general um, that might be, you know, experiencing some mental health issues or mental illness, um, you know, what are that you know of, what are some like resources outside of obviously, you know, self-care, things of that nature. What are some resources out there that are available um, if you, if you know of any, or like, what advice would you give? Well, it's funny you should say that because I did want to try to like squeeze in a plug for the fact that at the event we're going to be selling the scientific art pieces, and okay. that is to raise money for a bunch of local organisations that support. Uh, I was doing so well <laughs> for a bunch of local Pittsburgh organizations that we've found that provide different types of mental health services to groups that are just kind of like the standard like mm. system might not be the best fit for like their needs at this time. Yeah, totally. So totally. last year we teamed up with a local place called the Passade Center, which is down in Lawrenceville. And their focus okay. is really LGBTQ plus um, and providing lots of different services, largely counseling. And mm -hmm. when we first heard, heard about them, um, a friend lives near them down in Lawrenceville, but they were actually, I found it interesting, I think one of the first um, organizations in the US that provided like any sort of mental health support for that community, which I found to be really interesting. So we're going to be supporting them again, but we're also supporting two new organizations this year. So do you want to maybe... I can play at least one. You can, you can tag team, okay. tag yeah. me in, put me yeah. in, coach. <laughs> uh, we're also trying to support Steel Smiling, uh, an organization yeah. out in the Hill yeah. District um, who is providing on the street mental health resources and counseling to people. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. it's basically foc it's focused on this community. It's focusing on our What's community. I, I, know, I know the brother's name in this oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Julius. Uh, Julius, Julius Bogart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the homie. Shout out to yeah. Julius Boat, right? Yeah, Definitely I told him that we were doing work. it at Level Up, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. I love them. I love those guys." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's the yeah. homie. That's the homie. Yeah. Yeah. And we, when we yeah. heard that, it's like it was clearly like fitting this sort of idea that we had. You know, it's local mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. It's a community that like is not community. being you know thought about maybe, and is probably being underserved with like the standard. I mean, like all mental health is kind of underserved, but it's really right. like targeting these kind of at-risk communities. And oh, totally. The really cool thing that he does, right, or Still Smiling does is like kind of training people within the community to like sort of mm -hmm. identify the risk signs and to mm. know like what to yeah. do in a crisis. Because right. like that can oh, sometimes be man. life or death. Oh, it really like, can. Right, oh, right, definitely. I think a, fr a friend of mine, actually, I don't know if she's watching, but Aisha, he, she was one of the uh, one of my coworkers through the Heinz Fellows program. 
Um, and I know her and I think my other friend, uh, Dakota, just got like a, it was like a mental health CPR. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like mental yeah. health triage. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right, right, right. But it, I mean, it really can be life or death. I mean, right. this goes back into what we were talking about earlier and um, just like the amount of resources that are available to people who are seeking help. Mm-hmm. Very often, the only like source of help or treatment is like law enforcement. Like, you know, people mm. are dealing with an out-of-control neighbor or mm. a relative who's off their meds and they don't know what to mm-hmm. do. So they call the police right. thinking the police will know what to do. They will be able to help. And and they're they're not oh, trained. they're not. Yeah. A lot of the people that you find in jails, not prisons, it's like jails, mm-hmm. because prisons right. don't usually take people who have serious mental conditions, but jails will. So mm-hmm. you find a lot of people, like a, a proportion outside of their represent their representation in the larger American population of people mm-hmm. with serious mental illness in jails, like, you know, on the street. Yeah. And, and once, yeah, once that happens, it's kind of like you just get locked into a cycle. You right. know? Yeah, and you can't really access services when you're in, like, when you're either in jail or on the street. And so yeah, totally. the third organization yeah. that we're supporting mm. is Good segue. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Operation Safety Net, right? So a friend of ours Melanie Grishiba. I didn't know how to pronounce her surname. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. She is a fantastic researcher, but also yeah. a psychiatrist. So, you know, working with people with mental illness. And she works at a um, a clinic in downtown mm-hmm. um, where mm-hmm. that where this Operation Safety Net is providing um, the medications for people for homeless people specifically yeah. who mm-hmm. access the clinic. And my understanding is that like when they go to the clinic, you know, they can access Melanie and other psychiatrists who um, can help diagnose them and things. But once they've figured out that they have these problems, there's this gap period before they can access any um, support through Medicaid yeah. or something like that. So right. um, Operation Safety Net provides just like funding for medications during these gap periods, which can be really critical and be the things that, again, like it can be life or death. Life or death. And I have to right. look at my statistics one more time. Oh, get the stats out. Okay. Okay. Because okay. approximately 26% of homeless adults staying in shelters live with a serious mental illness. So this is a huge number of people who... Yeah. Are just yeah. like not living in the appropriate supportive environment that they need to right. to live happily with their yeah. mental health problems. So yeah, yeah. Operation Sa- Safety Net is also doing fantastic things. So we're gonna also we're gonna have some information about those three organizations, but mm. we're also mm-hmm. gonna try to have some other resources at the show. So okay. you know, I I really encourage any young people in the community, whether you yourself are you know maybe experiencing some issues with mental illness or if you think you know your friends are or you just want to know more about the resources to come down we're going to try to have a lot of different things available so that just we can like get all that information out into the community it shouldn't be some secret it's like it's like if you think you know if you have like some physical health problem you know where you need to go you know where you can get help and that should be the same for mental if your ankle swells up you go to somebody and be like hey i need some how's my ankle can you help me there is there is an ankle right right (laughs) foot and ankle Institute. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's a whole ward. You <laughs> go to there. So, yeah. Department. So we're, yeah. we're yeah. hoping that we can also use the event to try to just like get some of that information out in the community too. Start a conversation. Start a conversation. Absolutely. Well, you know, I definitely, wow. 
Wow. That's all I got to say. I, I definitely love the work that you, you two are appreciate doing. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, it. And again, really, really appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, but before we call it a night, because brother got to go to work in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure y'all do too. I do what I want. Um, I is there, is there, I, want. <laughs> I do what I want. Four o'clock in the morning, son. But uh, <laughs> is, there, is there anything else that you, mm. you know, just would like to add? Just any other information? Um, anything you want to say to the people watching? Oh, man. I'd like to say to you, and Self isn't here, unfortunately, yeah. but like, oh, Self well, yeah, He, he yeah. left me hanging. <laughs> Self, Self, I know you're watching this, uh. and you, you were so excited about this podcast, okay. and you did not That's come. Okay. Self Cypher Dean, everyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling him By out. By name, for no, name. His real name is Julius Harris. <laughs> Or Julian, sorry, Harris. No, but no, no, no. I wanted to say, I didn't mean to throw Cold you under the bus there. Uh, I wanted to say, I remember coming in here and having my first conversation with you guys about the mm -hmm. show. And, like, I was just so happy with, like, how, like, enthusiastic you mm -hmm. were as soon as I told you the idea. And at that mm -hmm. point, we were, like... We thought we'd been so organized and we were trying to find an event, a, a venue so early uh, and everywhere was booked out and we were like, everywhere. oh my God, we're scientists. We don't know how to do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was like, you come in now? Yeah. People don't this a year yeah, in advance. Yeah, you need to like book a year in advance. Yeah. So I remember just being like the warmth and like enthusiasm you guys have given us about the event has just been really like energized. Oh, she told me. Next day she's like, let me tell you what Thank happened. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She did it said just like that. Just like that. Well, in the Australian accent. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, excited to, for the show. Really, really grateful for you guys, like, you know, opening you, your hearts, you. opening up, you know, the building for us. You know, yeah, it's definitely been a lot smoother this year mm -hmm. uh, than last year. I think, you know, we've, we've matured as people, as a team, nice. as a collective, nice. you know what I mean? But also, it's good people. Yeah, and it's been a good you know? collaboration no, we'll with you guys this year. Were there be uh, more like scientists oh, at yeah. the event? More oh, of yeah. your like oh, colleagues and stuff? So like you should uh, just, uh, bring if you come down, so you sweet. should just like. You get, you get to meet real life scientists. <laughs> real life scientists. Just like tap science. people on the shoulder and be like, you a scientist. Yeah. Like. <laughs> right. Dexter's laboratory, y'all. Come on. I'm <laughs> you can touch you real life scientists. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the scientists. Don't feed the scientists. Don't feed the scientists. Don't feed the scientists. Are you bringing the mice? I wish. I might keep, I might have one in my pocket. I mean, you get a little cage. Like, you know, oh, this, is, man. this is my boy Spencer right here. Don't tip you know me. Don't tip me. That'd be so cool. For the kids. For the kids. Oh. Do it for the kids. My escapes <laughs> is for the children. Like, this is not a good my idea. My escapes is for the children. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, thank you. Just want to say thank you to everybody uh, that tuned in this evening on this beautiful rainy Monday evening. Oh, my goodness. It's been great. Uh, but yes, again, it is your boy, Mario Quinn, and we are here with yet another Level Up podcast. Peace.